I played AU basketball and they'd be like, oh, well, you're so white. And then I would be at school and then they'd be like, oh, you're black. And I'd be like, oh, my God. They were defining who you were. Like, where do I fit? My name is Chastity Stevenson. I've been doing hair for over 11 years. As you know, a woman's hairstylist means more to her than just doing her hair. Over the years, I've put my therapist skills to the test. The salon is a place not only for personal venting, but also for discussion of current events amongst a community of women. So if this chair could talk, this is what it would say. I'm Dallas, and I grew up mixed black and white um, in an all-white family. I'm Sean. I grew up in an adoptive family. My parents, my adoptive parents are white, so my whole family growing up has been white, um, but I am Hispanic and black. Hi, my name is Krista. I am in an interracial marriage and have been with my husband for 24 years. We have two children, a daughter who is nine years old and a son who is seven years old. And hi, my name is Angie. Um, I'm two in an MNN interracial <laughs> marriage. Um, tongue twister there. Um, I'm a black woman married to a white man. Our kids are biracial. Our daughter's six years old and our son is eight years old. And we've been married for about 11 years. All right. So we have a mixture of moms and some daughters that are also moms. So this podcast today is a little bit about what it is your experience has been, you know, raising mixed children and being a mixed child. Um, in today's society, we know like mixed can, you know, every it, our world is becoming more and more mixed. So, you know, um, I want to know what was it like in your family? Where are you from? Let's start there because we know region. Yeah, regionally oh. that can you know <laughs> kind of change. Things well, as well. We were, uh, I grew up in a military family okay. mostly. And then um, at some point they changed to um, missionary work. Okay. So we grew up a lot of different places. Okay. And um, my mom had me before she met my stepfather. Um, we became a blended family. And I always knew something was off. <laughs> so you didn't always know that he wasn't? I didn't always know that he was my dad because I called him dad yeah. along with everyone else. And then I asked, um, we were sitting, I remember I was eight, we were sitting in the living room talking about, you know, tell us the story about when we were born. And then we got to me and he was like, well, I I, I wasn't there. And I went, oh, okay. And I just accepted it. And then that's when they told me. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, Sean. <laughs> Um, I'm from Charlotte. Okay. I was actually born here, raised here. Um, my birth mother gave me up for adoption at six weeks old. So I've been with my family since birth, basically. So mm-hmm. my family's my family. Um, they always just kind of told me that I was adopted. It was never like a sit down conversation. Obviously, I'm different color than they are. So um that's like the number one obvious thing. But as a child, I didn't really notice that. Mm-hmm. I was always just like, my mom would always tell me, you're a God's gift mm-hmm. to us. Like we were unable to have more children and that's why you're here. I love so that. So nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, as moms, how many instances have you been, you've been like in the store and gotten different looks or questions maybe um, regarding that being your child. Anyone want to elaborate? 
I don't know for me, um, my kids are brown, mm-hmm. so I feel like they just look like a lighter shade of me. I was worried about that before. I joked with friends saying, I'm going to look like the nanny walking around with my mixed kids, not knowing how light. I mean, seriously, it was, it, these were conversations mm-hmm. that were had. But um, but no, they are, they're brown. My son is a little bit lighter than my daughter, mm-hmm. my daughter but I don't necessarily, I think, get those looks. My husband probably does more so More than so, do. okay. Yeah. What about you, Kristen? Well, I would say from my perspective, my kids are probably lighter brown, Mm -hmm. so they favor my skin complexion. Um, So it was really interesting. It's more of an experience of my husband, who he was taking my daughter when she was much younger into a store, and a little girl who was black was like, is that your daughter? And he was like, yeah. She she was just like, "Mm." Um, (laughs) that was her (laughs) reaction to him. And uh, but then we go back to Jamaica, which my husband is um, part Jamaican. And there they told me that my genes were bad uh, or that my blood was weak um, because they look just like him in their in their eye. So um, so different experiences for sure. Different places. Yeah. So um, I just did an episode. It's called Yes, That's My Mom. And it was um, from the perspective of uh, foster and adoptive parents. And so um, that's a question I find that I've had with some of my moms and kids in the salon on um, their peers or, you know, other people like, wait, that's your mom. So um, I think it's very insightful to kind of, you know, not only from the mom's perspective, but how you've had to try to explain or even process yourself mm-hmm. in your situation where you didn't necessarily know that wasn't your dad, but maybe it was. You just knew he was the father figure to to you. So what has? Uh, yeah, I didn't know anyone how did else you, was my dad except my dad. But and from an identity perspective, like as far as you know, other right, people. Um, you mean other people's perception of me? Mm-hmm. Um, I could. That probably factored into why I felt different. Mm-hmm. I mean, my half sister is blonde with straight hair, and my uh, half-brother, um, who is technically of no blood relation, has straight black hair. So uh, I'm sure that played a part in me not feeling like I fit in 100%, but it was never a flashing neon sign. This right. is why you feel different. <laughs> and so I remember when after they told me, I ran up to my room, I was sort of crying and laughing at the same time because it was, oh, I'm... I don't have the same dad, but oh, what a relief. I mean, it all made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how has, um, I have a friend that I used, I was having a conversation and I asked her, um, I was like, what box do you check? And she's mixed. Oh gosh. And the box. box. (laughs) And um, there was another friend that she's black and she was there. And so my friend, she was like, I mean, I checked. I check black. So she identifies as black. She doesn't check the other. or She doesn't check, check multiple boxes. She checks black. Well, the other friend that's black in, in Louisiana, I don't know if you guys are familiar, familiar with Creole descent, mm-hmm. um, she checks other. So I thought that was pretty interesting, interesting that um, she, she was black, but she identified as other. But my friend that was mixed identify with being black. So I know there's um, a huge conversation about not being white enough to fit in with the white people, not being black enough mm-hmm. to fit in with the black people and not being, you know, Hispanic enough or, you know, it's just always about like how to fit in. How have you guys handled that or what has been 
um, an experience that you've kind of helped your children navigate through figuring that all out and how that defines who they are. Who wants to go first? <laughs> okay, I'll sure. go. Um, so this is, yes, um, still to this day, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in a white household, I guess, like, I was immersed in white culture, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, and I went to Catholic school my whole life. So I was always one of few people at my school with darker skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so at school, I was always the black girl. At home, I was just me, but I was in a white family. So I kind of saw myself as like, oh, I guess I'm just like white and black because I have this, you know, my family's white, but like people call me black. So I, I actually used to check like white and black. Okay. Okay. As I'm getting older and I'm, I was able to beat my birth mother and like all of my biological family recently. So now I'm like, wow. This is where, like, this is me. Like, Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Um, So I'm, like, 100% Hispanic. Like, I'm Cuban and I'm Ecuadorian. So I'm kind of, I guess, identifying as Mm -hmm. Afro-Latina because I am darker than a lot of them. Um, I don't know my birth father or any of his side of things. But um, growing up, it was very hard figuring out. Like, I played AU basketball, and they'd be like, oh, well, you're so white. And then I would be at school and then they'd be like, oh, you're black. And I'd be like, oh, my God. They were defining who you were. Like, where do I fit? Um, Even now meeting my birth family, they don't they don't by any means do that to me. But just being around them, they all speak Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm supposed to speak Spanish. Like, I'm not Hispanic enough. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's been a struggle. Um, I think about this a lot, actually, like where do I fit? Mm-hmm. And I still don't, I think I know. I just am still figuring it out kind of. Yeah. Dallas? Yes. Is that something is, you can relate it to? It is a, um, definitely a struggle. It continues to be a struggle. I remember when I was taking California state testing, they didn't have the check all boxes that apply. It was check one. And I was such a perfectionist little child where it said, you know, after I found out, check white or check black and I hadn't even started the test yet and I was sweating about that one question <laughs> what am I putting anxiety in? before you even start it right before yeah. I even start so um it's it's annoying to get the question well what are you mm-hmm. like I'm mixed children unfortunately feel like they have to pick a side or it ends up being well you're white at home but you're black somewhere else or you're black at home and or were you raised white were you raised black which is still a question I don't I understand what they mean but I mean I was raised but Mm -hmm. what else yeah what else should there be so Mm -hmm. it's um and I think it's it is also different when you experience watching other siblings not have to deal with any of that that. Yeah. yeah um and then sometimes when your parents get that question, it's like, well, what are they? Because clearly, <laughs> yeah, clearly one of you ain't the father, not the mother. So. <laughs> I mean, people are very bold and brazen with their questions yeah. sometimes. Um, and I don't mind if it's framed the right way. I can, if I meet someone new, I can generally tell when the question is coming. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, where, where were you born? Where did you grow up? And then the leading questions. And then so... So, um, 
Where did you get your hair? <laughs> <laughs> is, is a good question. Yeah. It's like, oh, from my father. Thank <laughs> you for asking. <laughs> so do you prefer that that type of ask or is that one better than the, well, so what are you? It's funny. I, um, I work with uh, actors a lot. And uh, one cast I had last year, there were um, uh, a black girl and a black guy that were in my cast. And I got zero questions from them. But it's not like I expect it these days. Mm -hmm. And then um, this past year, I wore my hair down for the first time because it was finally at the length I was comfortable with. And she texted him, is Dallas half black? He was like, I think she is. I don't know. She's like, maybe we should find out. <laughs> Such an operation. So, I know. It's like, just, just ask me. But he asked me and he was like, we were having a text conversation about you wondering if you were, I'm like, yes, I'm. <laughs> he didn't even have to yes, get it I'm out. Black. And, and then she was mortified. She's like, I'm so sorry. I should have just straight up asked you. But I was like, I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. I think that's one of the things that's not wanting to offend anyone. So I guess from the things that you heard these daughters say, moms, what's your approach to them answering or dealing with that type of question? internal question I, from what I'm hearing. Well, and I think, you know, I talked to my husband a little bit about this last night. And I, from our perspective, we try to expose our kids to not having to be in a box and try to expose them not only to black and white, because my, our families are very, very integrated. I have sisters who are also married to black men. He has a brother who's married to a white woman. And our, their school's very diverse. Mm -hmm. Our church is very diverse. So we try to not have a box. But I think it's bigger than just black and white. It's also multicultural boxes, Absolutely. too, um, of understanding that our kids are, you know, a fourth Jamaican. And, you know, there's things like that. So it's trying to help them understand that there's not so much that you have to be be white or you do something that's white. My husband loves to sell. That doesn't mean that he's, you know, oh, you think you're white uh -huh. because you like to sell. Or he played soccer in college that, you know, therefore especially back when um, we were playing soccer, that that was a white, white sport. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not, you know, the way that he was exposed. Same thing for me. I played AAU basketball and I, you know, are you trying to be black? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd wear high top sneakers to school and, you know, sweatsuits and things like that. You know, oh, are you trying to fit in? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, this is what I like to wear. And it's just trying to teach our kids that it's about having your individual personality that it shares who you are. Mm -hmm you know, all of the culture that you're exposed right. to. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> we were like, I have so many thoughts and I want to make sure. So the, uh, Dallas and Sean were sharing just how the struggle is to identify and how society can right. try to make you choose. Yes. Okay. I hate the boxes too. Okay. Um, what do the boxes look like nowadays? I, think I haven't they had have to check kind on. of expanded in they? for some forms. I feel like I do see biracial, but then it limits you to biracial, Latino and or Hispanic and Black or Hispanic yeah. and White or, or something. I've seen a lot of they two separated. or more races or yeah other that is not Pacific Islander. <laughs> right. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I mean, Hispanic is by itself. Like they kind of move that to its own place. Yeah. Are, are yeah. you Afro Hispanic like? As, yeah. yeah. So they've broken it down pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Some some places have okay. expanded or elaborated on the box, mm -hmm. but I guess the inclusion of the box. But 
I don't know. I feel like one of my kids, and I can't remember which one, I think their birth certificate did, did have them as black. And I don't remember checking any boxes at that time. Granted, it was a C-section, so maybe I did. But I feel like they told me that. What they were. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just think about it. it is hard because you want your kids to, you know, like you're saying, you're, there's the white side and there's the black side for us. And, and ours are not as integrated as yours, you know. I have a black family member who would um, call my son um, Carlos, thinking because he to him Carlos was a was a Latin Latino mm-hmm. reference, mm-hmm. and he thought it was the funniest thing and the cutest thing. And I have no problems if my son is half Latino, but right. we're not. We're half black and we're white, and his and and, and half he has white. A name. And his name is Caleb. Yeah. So it was just like we're gonna call him Caleb. We're not gonna call him Carlos. Like I'm not gonna let you guys and your uh, better be careful when his family's listening, but um, <laughs> we're not going to let your ideas of what race is or isn't define and give my kids some kind of you know complex, complex. about who, who they are. Right. And this is when he was like three years old. It was like, that we are not doing. So you're going to stop that right now. Right, right. I probably didn't answer your question. <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> no, that was good. I definitely think that, um, like I said, self-identity is something that um, I've heard is a pretty big deal in um, multi-racial uh, um, communities, um, you know, black and white, you know, whether it's Asian, you know, Hispanic, whatever. It's it's just a thing that we always want someone to fit in a box and whatever that, you know, obviously we know with, you know, sex and gender and things like that, you know, it's all of these boxes and we have all these variations. So, of course, race and ethnicity that's a whole nother set of boxes. Um, how do you see race as a mixed individual? Like, what does that mean to you? Because, you know, you hear people say, oh, well, I don't see color. Or, you know, uh, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I say. Like, what honestly does race, you know, mean to you? What does it look like? What is that? Tell me a little bit about that. You go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's funny because my freshman year in college, I took an anthropology class where I learned that race is just a made up human thing. Right. That's that was like my first time really like studying that. And from that time on, like, that's what I believe about it. I'm like, when I hear people say race or that question, like, what race are you? Mm-hmm. I hate it because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not even like it's not even real. This is like a thing that like was made up to X classify. amount of time mm-hmm. ago just to say these people are these people, these people are these people. Um, are there different cultures? Absolutely. Um, race is just a made up thing. And I try not to def- dwell, on yeah, dwell on it and define myself by it. But it's hard when that's society. Like, that's how I grew up. Like, I just explained, like, oh, she's white. Oh, she's black. Oh, but I'm really Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And like, where do I fit? I'm, it's kind of upsetting to me that like I've kind of put myself in this not I, ha- I haven't put myself in this position but I have been put in a position where I have to fit into a box like mm-hmm. I am me mm-hmm. and I try I know I am the daughter in this podcast but I do have a daughter and so I try to um, relate to her like it doesn't really matter what you are it doesn't matter if you have black family white family Hispanic family like you are who you are I think it's important that they know the different cultures um and I kind of wish that was 
kind of a better way that I was brought up. Not that I wasn't brought up that way. My parents were totally like, you are who you are. Like, that's it. But we never really had a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that where I kind of, yeah, I kind of missed the mark when I was younger by not being able to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So back to original question, what do I think about race? I don't, I don't like defining people by race mm-hmm. at all. I went in circles, but it's fine. <laughs> no, no, that's a good answer. And I, going back to your whole studies in anthropology, I remember she asked me, um, why do people get, um, their, where do people get their hair from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because she was saying how, you know, you can trace back eye color and, you skin, know, skin. skin tone, um, eye color, all different things we went through, like different parts of the body and how people were different. The only thing, my teacher was like, the only thing that they haven't figured out is why people have different hair. I don't know what I don't know where that came from. That's what well, that's what I learned. Maybe you know more. What I don't know. You seem like you do. You have more to say. Have you ever about thought that? about that? You know, like where uh, other than like your mom or dad, but like why do you have straight hair? And you know, how do you trace that back? You know, from that that kind of a perspective. Something. It's all, yeah, like hmm. most of it was very like geological. It was like okay, people from with regions. lighter mm-hmm. skin, lighter eyes. They're probably more you know, away from the equator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hair came up at the end of the class and he was just kind of like, they haven't explained that one yet. So we're still, we're still looking for that <laughs> answer. So yeah. it doesn't seem like we have any other experts on it. No. So I want to know, let's get into these hair stories because oh, I wow. sit at work and I hear these all day about <laughs> how my mom didn't know how to do my hair, or I'm a mom, I don't know how to do her hair. Um, And one thing that I've told people over and over, a lot of moms, no matter if your kid looks like you or has hair like you, unless they are like, you know, have the talent of doing hair, usually don't know how to do hair. So it's not as much of a black, white cultural (laughs) thing as many people might think that it is. The difference is, you may have someone that, you know, you can reach out to. You may have like a relative or, a, you know, a friend, your hairstylist or something like that. Whereas Krista, for instance, DM'd me and she, you know, felt comfortable enough to ask me, you know, different questions about her kid's hair. So I want to know from your perspective. I mean, we heard about the one. <laughs> oh, we heard about the one at work as an adult, but more so like growing up. You said your siblings oh, did not. Up bad. <laughs> It was. It oh was so God. bad. And thank God for the internet. Um, we had no internet. So it was, I would take a shower. And at the end of the shower, my mom was standing there with a fine tooth comb Ooh. and a blow dryer with one of those hard plastic teeth attachments oh, yeah. on the yeah. end of it. And yeah. just like raking it through my hair. Yikes. She hated it. I hated it. And by the time I was about 10, she said, you know what? I'm done. You, gotta, <laughs> you have to figure it out at 10 years old. And I'm standing there like, I don't know what to do. You're the adult. Was your mom white? Yes. Okay. Um, she she got enough to her wit's end where um, she did take me to a, um, a black salon with me and said, I don't know what to do with her hair. Tell me what to do. And How is that? Well, uh, they that looked at my mom. a few different ways. <laughs> right? They looked at my mom and then they looked at my hair and they said, you know what? You should just relax it. Mm-hmm. Um and then she sort of delved into, well, you know, what's the maintenance with that? How much is it? And thank God we didn't have that kind of money. Because, <laughs> yeah. That she, was your saving grace. Thank, yeah, thank the Lord. But I found out recently 
that um, I remember these times where my dad would take me to the salon and I call my mom and say, what was up with that? She said, oh, I would leave town for whatever. And every time I would leave town, your dad would make a appointment to the salon to sort of quote unquote fix your hair. Like he had these ideas. Mm -hmm. And the first idea was, well, the bulk of her curls are on the bottom. So we should just cut those off. And then we'll give her, we'll go ahead and give her like acceptable white curly hair, which at the time in the 80s was a perm. Uh So they permed my hair after cutting it. And it was this perfectly spherical (laughs) little halo of hair. That no one liked. I hated. There are no pictures from this time. (laughs) And then the second time it happened, I was a little bit older, but I was a very obedient daughter. And he said, okay, I got it this time. So we're going to go and get her hair layered. You know, cut the bulk out. She'll still have her curly hair. That'll be fine. And that was all. And bangs. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Also no pictures from that time. So after that, I was like. When did you start taking pictures, Dallas? I was 20. <laughs> my wedding, I was 30. No. <laughs> my wedding, yeah. I did my own hair. I didn't even bother asking around for anyone to do my mm-hmm. hair for my wedding. I was just like, I'm just going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. But um, I think I was maybe 27 where I thought I finally have the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Curly Girl Method mm-hmm. had come out a couple years earlier. I heard about it. Um, I followed some of it. Um, but that's when you felt confident in your curls. I wouldn't even say confident. I would Brave. say I can, I can, I prefer my hair curly as opposed to I'm going to go get it straightened mm-hmm. or chemically straightened, which was awful. I did that twice and I hated it. And then after three days, I realized I was really bored with straight hair. So... I might as well just keep it curly. Yeah. 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 There's something to be said about, you know, being able to wear your hair, how it grows out of your head. You know, Mm -hmm. I think everyone, a lot of people, I'll say, mostly get to do that. It's those of us with natural curly hair that struggle with, you know, the low maintenance part, which it is not just wash and go. Nope. I don't, they need a new name for that. So if anyone listening has a suggestion for a new name, because it's not just a two-step process, it's not as easy as it sounds. And that's really a lot of the uh, misconception when people decide to wear their curls, like, oh, I just want to be able to do a wash and go. And I'm like, okay, let me break this down. You know, and, um, but I mean, every time, you know, I'm shampooing my hair or someone, like it just, it's something freeing about being able to do that. And um, just the versatility, um, I guess, could be a blessing and a curse, you know, but it's the option, you know, whereas a lot of people that just have straight hair, they don't really get that, you know, it's, you know, a one-trick pony, as some people would say. So um, kudos to you for, you know, no matter how long it took you to get there. um, Now, I did have a shaved head for about a year. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> to to correct a bad hairstyle. Oh, wow. So I can't. Oh, no, it has not all been beautiful. So so but I did have. I did love. I had a great shaped head. <laughs> I had a great shaped head. I'm but sure it did you take two it. years. But look, no, now, I did not. Your hair is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> what would you guys say um, has been um, some of your biggest struggles um, learning your kids? and how to 
help them love it and, you know, feel comfortable in it and addressing any, you know, a lot of times kids have questions about, you know, their friend's hair. So have you had any experiences that stick out? Um, so my hair is curly, but I didn't always wear my hair curly up until about three years ago. Um, even though I'd stopped getting a relaxer, maybe, I don't know, several years before that. But so my daughter's hair, which you've seen before is super long, but not nearly as curly. She's, it's almost more straight and some curls around the, the edges. And, um, I had a day, there was, there was a day when she actually told me, mommy, I wish my hair was curly like yours. Mm. And I was just like, you know, like to hear that because I, I didn't even know what my curl texture really was until I finally, um, embraced what was under there and stopped straightening it. But, um, she, she likes, I mean, she's, she's, I think comfortable with Mm -hmm. her hair and, and doesn't necessarily wish that it was straighter, I don't think. But it, like I said, it is pretty straight now. Right. But I was just happy to hear her her say that she wanted mommy's that curls. That she loved yours. Yeah. 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 That was that was a, a good moment for me. Yeah. What about you, Krista? I would say for me, um, Taylor's is pretty curly. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, t- it's changed. She's nine. And it's changed textures over the years. So trying to figure out, because it was super tight curls um, when she was smaller. So having to manage that when it was shorter and how to do ponytails and, you know, all of those things. Um, but, I, you know, I, I have sisters that fortunately I was the oldest of four. So I've had to do hair um, in some way, shape or form, not the same texture as my daughter's. Mm-hmm. But I had some concept of how to do things. I still can't braid and do like French braids. So that's still the goal. Because <laughs> even this weekend, she's like, Mommy, I wish you could braid. Um <laughs> But she loves her curls. I mean, she wants her hair down. She's had it straightened all of maybe three times in her life. And I mean, she likes to flip it around when it's straight, and but it only stays two days. And then yeah. she's like, I'm over it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so she loves her curls. She embraces her hair 100%. She started braiding it this year, um, and she loves getting it braided. So um, it's just for me making sure that having the right products, the right cut, the right um, resources to make it work so that she can embrace it. And then my son has curly hair too, and he loves to go to the barbershop with his dad. (laughs) Um, He loves to keep it. He's not, we keep saying, you want to just get a regular fade? And he's like, no, I have to have my curls, mommy. Um, Because he likes to play with them. So, I mean, my kids fortunately love and embrace their hair. That's one good thing about this time is how much curls are like, being embraced and desired and you right. see them, you know, in There's all so much more information on how to take so care much, of them much Yes. The tools are better. The products oh, are better. Right. Um, and I guess, I mean, curls are in, you know, it's like straight hair girls, you know, everybody's <laughs> wanting to come over to this side because it's what you see. And it's amazing because a lot of, you know, what's put in front of you, what's on TV or what's defined as beautiful is what, like you said, you allow it to, you know, it's a box. And so you want to go with whatever society says is beautiful. And like for us, you know, we're, we're in that beautiful part right now. <laughs> Whereas before we, you know, weren't all, that wasn't always a standard. It was, you know, you got to straighten your hair. And then if you get it straight, then, you know, you can't go work out or you can't go swimming or, you know, do things that other kids would do with the freedom of not having to worry about what my hair is going to revert to when I'm done. So um, were you going to say something, Dallas? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess um, my question would be for you guys, um, what have you found to be like the easiest way 
to confidently, you know, rock your curls or your hair to where you feel good about it, but also you don't have to be a slave to your hair in the maintenance of it. Are you typically like a wash and go girl? Are you, you know, braiding it? Um, well, I just got the length back after I think two years. So I'm having to relearn everything that worked for me in the past mm -hmm. and it's been a bumpy road. Mm -hmm. um, I finally got my wash and go the way, and you're right, it does need a different name, <laughs> but I finally got my wash and go the way I mostly like it. Um, two strand twists for some reason are now being funky. I used to love doing a bantu knot out, but I realized that I think my hair needs to be a little bit longer for it to get the way that I like it. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, I like wearing my hair down and, you know, on hot days or a third or fourth day, I don't mind putting it on a pile on my hair, a pile on my head. So, Do you get a can, lot of, can, we, can I touch it? Um, Not so much. I get a lot of questions from white people who about black hair who um otherwise would feel uncomfortable asking a black woman about their mm -hmm. hair okay um i did have a few years ago i had um a co-worker who i was friends with him and his wife and his wife is black and he she was having a serious discussion with the women in her family about going natural she said i'm sick and tired of the breakage all of it so I'm going to go natural. And he said, I don't understand why it's a big deal for them that she goes natural. And I was like, oh, there's so <laughs> much no history. Idea. There's so much connected to wearing natural hair. I said, this, this new, I don't want to call it a fad, but this new thing of, you know, natural hair community. I mean, it was not a thing. Mm -mm. Um, you were expected to straighten your hair and fit in as well as you could. So I didn't give him the lowdown on that. I said, she's, she's still going to get looks from people, but she's, a lot, she's got a lot more information in front of her on mm -hmm. how, to, how to handle and take care of it than, than I ever did when I was a kid. Right. So. Yeah. so speaking on as a kid, did you guys see that H&M ad mm -hmm. of the little girl? Yes. yes. So... <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> Give me your thoughts. There's no right or wrong. I mean, I want us to be as honest and open about it in full, not just the little girl in particular, but the other kids. So how did you guys receive it? We'll start with the mom since they kind of were attacking the mom. She had some responsibility in this. So what, right. do, you, what do you think? So my... <laughs> um... Deep breath. <laughs> Well, okay, so I saw the picture, and then I read um, the article before I, and the post before I fully decided to, to marry in. my thoughts <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and go, okay, this is, um, um, I mean, at first I thought, okay, this is clearly an intent of showing diversity mm -hmm. and that we accept everyone in all shapes and forms, regardless of what their hair looks like, because... Sure, if they pressed her hair, as the Kardashians have done, what North, you know, with her curls, mm -hmm. there's criticism that she's straightening her hair too right. much. And so, um, granted, in this case, I don't think a straightening comb or hot comb was necessary. I mean, yeah, it could have been brushed a little bit more. However, after reading the um, 
I don't remember the the person's name, like their diversity inclusion mm-hmm. person. Response. Yeah, her response and her photo of herself as a little girl almost looking like the same little girl mm-hmm. with the same edges. There was that perspective. Um, so, I mean, and she brought up a really good point with the Internet. You know, this little girl sees it. And you think about who was it, Gabby Gabby Douglas years ago, the Olympian, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and all the criticism yeah, she got. for yeah. her hair. And it was like, dude, she's winning gold medals, and we're really worried about this little girl's hair. And But these are kids, and they hear, and they see all this stuff. And even if they don't get it today, you know, here they are, women struggling with these things that were said about them. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn. I mean... Hearing what the, I mean, seeing it at first glance, it was kind of like, okay, could we have brushed it a little bit more? But everybody's trying to make a statement now. And certainly mm-hmm. when it comes to diversity and inclusion, like that's the, that's what everybody's trying to do. And I don't know. I just want to add that if, because I had someone said, well, they could have used like a different model, like maybe a girl with more hair. Okay. <coughs> so then they do that, right? And then it's like, oh, of course they're using the girl with the nice curly hair. Mm-hmm. It's like, a catch 22. And you're right. like, okay. <laughs> You know, like yeah. it's in that situation, I don't think anyone's really going to be happy. And I think the woman in charge had to make a decision and she made a decision. Yeah. Well, and the piece that I thought was interesting or the comment was they come from school mm-hmm. and this is what they yeah. look like. I mean, my daughter comes home from school. I may have made the best ponytail or the <laughs> best hairstyle <laughs> that morning. You know, it took my time and she comes home and it does not look like I did anything. And, you know, because that's the way the school day goes. And she may have dance, she may have gym, you know, whatever it is. And so the piece of it that, you know, looking at it from that lens was like, well, she looks like a real little girl that my daughter can relate to because her hair's not perfectly in place for any little girl. Um, By the end of the day, their hair's not going to be the way they left the house necessarily. Mm -hmm. And I thought that piece of it was like, okay, well, that makes a lot more sense. So it's also the context sometimes um, and I didn't get a chance to look at what the other models looked like per se. Right. So I'm not sure like how their hair looked mm-hmm. or because, you know, even having straight hair and you've been at school all day, it may be frizzed up and right. it mm-hmm. may look all kinds of different ways than you left your house that day too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, that was kind of my perspective of it, you know, as I was going through it. Yeah. Did they brush the other models here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I didn't see them. No, they were okay. Mm -hmm. They were not brushed. Um, However, um, she had a dip because she had a different texture, a different length, a different you know everything about her hair. It just like in when you line them all up, hers was the one that really stood out. Um, For me, I'm kind of in the position you know with you, Angie. I am torn. Um, but if I had to look in, weigh in from a professional um, point of view, I do a lot. I deal with a lot of kids um, that are working kids in some form or fashion, whether they are dancing or they are, are actors or actresses, and you know. And so they are usually um, being seen on some larger platform than maybe at school. And um, a lot of times, I hear from the parents is that um, in these different situations, there aren't hairstylists mm-hmm. that can do their type of hair. And, um, you know, a lot of have asked me, have you looked, have you ever thought about, you know, getting into that? I have not. Um, but I don't know if even in this situation, if that was the case where the, uh, obviously they were going for a, you know, more after school look, but I definitely think that, um, in the black community and I think just women in general, there is a way we define having your hair done. 
Mm-hmm. And I've asked this before um, in a previous episode, what is done? And ultimately, the ladies agree that your hair being done was a feeling, not necessarily a look. And it's, you know, um, you know how they felt like that it was complete, that it was, you know, better than probably what they could do it or they even if they did it they took their time it was just more so a feeling like you know of satisfaction and pride and it was done so being that I don't think they were going for a done look I think they achieved (laughs) they checked that box (laughs) however I definitely think that um as far as the integrity of her hair that is what I would address not I mean obviously her being photographed in that way but I definitely think that um the health of her hair is something that I questioned when I looked at it more than anything else. Um, I do agree that, you know, when the um, lady spoke about, you know, the comparison between when she grew up, but I think you kind of have to lead with that. Right. So that, and I don't know how you do that because that's not what I do, but I think to come back at the end to know what your thought process was, it it just, it would have come out better and been received better if we kind of, it put that on the for at the forefront of the campaign and what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just, I think, the way they went about it. Because I, if again, I would cringe if that was one of my clients. I can't imagine if it was one of my children. Um, just because it to, to me, it was a reflection of me and how I care for her hair at home. So that was the way I took it. But like I said, I get it. They just should have kind of started with that point <laughs> and then we you know have the whole you know all the other kids pictures come out so I don't know mm-hmm. what did you think Dallas I mean I have a different perspective from the behind the scenes okay not necessarily for photo shoots or anything like mm-hmm. that so my first thought was they didn't get a hairdresser for her I remember there was a video I think of a model that um showed up to fashion week sat in her chair and she set up her cam her her phone to record how long it would take for one of the hairdressers to get to her and she recorded I think 25 minutes three different hairdressers stopped felt her hair a little bit and then walked away so she eventually said okay fine I'll do it myself so she did her own hair for fashion week wow um I think it is an industry problem definitely um I think there's more of a push to have people in front of the camera show a more inclusive picture but there's still an issue with behind the scenes mm-hmm. I, I feel um, uh, getting I had one actress that um, she had very beautiful hair and the director wanted her to have a more um, shorter sleek style um, he said we'll definitely get you a wig and then for the rest of the show you can go ahead and wear your hair natural. And I went, hmm. So here's the thing you don't know, is that in order to get her hair in that wig, you're going to have to do some manipulation, do a lot of manipulation and get that wig to fit. And that's fine. But she's either going to have to wear that wig for the rest of the, the show or not wear it at all. Not wear it at all. So you're going to have to pick one. Um, I didn't feel that necessarily she was comfortable saying that as the actress to the director. So... If you weren't there, right? Right. If I wasn't there, but at the same time, I wonder if maybe I stepped on her toes a little bit. Um, But she had curlier hair than me, and I knew from my experience that I could not wear a wig Mm -hmm. and then five minutes later wear it 
natural completely natural and have it look good right um it's just an impossibility mm-hmm. <laughs> so um i think um definitely behind the scenes there needs to be more inclusion um we need to include more people in the talks of um just connecting the dots you know if we're going to have black children in these photo shoots fantastic who do we have behind the scenes to make sure that they're presented in the best possible way as good as the white children mm-hmm. um, but i think that comes with like i think if you got five black people in a room they all will agree uh, or disagree on what is going to be the right you know, way to present them. You know what I mean? Right. I think we even struggle with, you know, there's just, no one's ever going to be happy. I think for uh, most people, it's like H&M. All right, come on now. This is y'all second time, right. you know, <laughs> violating, like, you even that have it. Like, that, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just like, I think with H&M, it's like, all right, come on. We, we, we came back at the store. Now, you know, another thing just, they probably should play it safe is what a lot of people are saying. But um, I don't know. Maybe they want to, they want to be known for kind of <laughs> pushing uh. the boundaries. But I think that um, it's just always who are you trying to satisfy and how will you satisfy everyone? Um, because when it comes to curly hair or natural hair, it just it's so many different variables. It will never look the same. Even one particular head will not look the same every take or every, you know, day of performing or whatever. It's just so different. So um, I don't know. I don't know if that would solve it. I mean, I definitely think that's a good start. But I guess getting back to, you know, kind of wrapping things up as far as growing up mixed, what would you say to, you know, any mixed adults or children anybody that's struggling with like that whole fitting in a box or identifying with you know one side or the other as mixed adults what would you tell someone to help with that what have you what has helped you the most oh I got all the tough questions (laughs) Um. (laughs) do you want to (laughs) go It's so hard. We'll let you it think is. on it, Mom. So I mean, what? Obviously, you kind of answered kind of how you um, help your children now. But as you've heard, it's something that it's ongoing. It's not something you probably they may not um, come to a point where it's like, all right, I got this. You know, it's probably something that will be forever um, occurring. So, what can you think would be, um, you know, for moms of uh, biracial children to kind of think about or kind of get in front of that? Well, I think for me, and, you know, the number one thing is we're very spiritual. So I think having your faith of, you know, finding your value there mm-hmm. and your self-worth there mm-hmm. in in your uh, relationship with God. And then that helps you in turn be able to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, my husband and I try to live. That's what we try to teach the kids about, you know, there's going to be outside influences when we recognize that. And our kids are obviously still young. Um, so we don't have all of the trials and tribulations of preteen and teen age years as of yet and things that they'll face. So, But I think it's really helping them understand that loving yourself um, allows you then to love others. And so having that opportunity to then 
know that you can form relationships regardless of someone's skin color, someone's culture, you know, that you can just have that relationship and to continue to just instill that in them and through the way that we live our lives, mm -hmm. which is really important as well, because we try to show them that in our day to day lives with the environments that we create in our home, we create in our communities and um, the way that we, you know, show ourselves um, through work and things like that. Mm -hmm. So just continue to do that the best we can. Yeah, I like that. I love that, actually. Yeah. Great. I don't know if I need to say anything. I was about to say, how are you going to follow that up, Angie? <laughs> well, when, when Sean a few minutes ago said um, what she kind of wishes what her parents would have said to her as she's trying to, to emulate and push in her daughter about, you know, being who you are, accepting who you are, I thought I wanted to ask, what age should I tell that to my kid? I mean, those are things we talk about now, but, you know, they're at six and eight. My eight-year-old could probably hear it and receive it a little bit differently. Um, but you just don't know how much of it is sometimes they're like, okay, mom, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that struck a chord with me. So we will have a conversation tonight to make sure that we are hitting on those things. And I, I think these are things that I'm doing already with making sure that, you know, they, they do love who they are, regardless of the color of their skin, texture of a hair and, and everything else. And that mommy and daddy and our, you know, their family loves them. And, and that's, what's, what's the most important. So, um, I don't know. I mean, just and just trying to expose them to as much as we can um, in life, you know, as a kid so that they'll be a good human being, not necessarily the good black kid or the good white kid. Mm -hmm. I just want good little human beings right. to grow up to be good, good people. I have to mm -hmm. add just one little piece, though, um, because this just happened this weekend. We watched Remember the Titans, my husband's favorite um, movie ever. Yes. But I think it is the other side of that is teaching them that as you know, biracial children, they are going to be viewed differently. You know, they aren't white and that there are going to be times that racism is real. And so watching a movie like that, which was, you know, back in the 60s is still very different. But, you know, there are still commonalities that kids face today. So there's a situation that, you know, happens in the movie. And then I told my son, I was like, well, he wasn't scared to talk to white people. He was scared to talk to a cop. You know, and explaining what that means, I said, and that can still happen today. Mm -hmm. And those are the real conversations you still have to have that even though we want to create these, you know, kids that don't have this viewpoint of being one race or the other, that there are very real realities out there that they have to be prepared for. Yeah. So I think that's the other side of it, too. And that I correct me if I'm wrong, is that no matter, you know, what their skin complexion is, how light or how, how dark most people are still going to say that they're black, Absolutely. you know, and 100%. I think that, you know, like you said, in coming in contact, you know, maybe being pulled over, like, you know, yeah, you may be, you know, of mixed race, but some cops or some, you know, law enforcement or, you know, anybody that has, you know, racist intent, you know, will put you in that box and you need to know how to act accordingly, you know, because there's no explanation that is, you know, can stop them from perceiving you how they've already decided they will. So um, I'm going to kind of lead you into maybe an answer. Um, I know we kind of spoke a little bit about how um, um, your daughter's, your, your, your daughter's uh, grandparents and how um, they wear their hair. Yes. Is that <laughs> something you would mind yeah. sharing? Yeah, 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 that's fine. And how um, that kind of plays yeah. Role. So um, I had Nadia very at a very young age. So my boyfriend's parents have taken care of Nadia a certain amount of time in her life. So 
two years I was finishing school. And then since then, we've just done a really good job of just like letting her go over there. So they spend a lot of time together, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So, um, you know, I got a text message one day over the summer just before school started and says, hey, I asked Nadia if she wanted to get her hair done for school. Um, can she do that? And I was like, why? <laughs> I, I mean, and by done, you mean like a blowout straight straight. Yeah. And I was like, oh, um, I, I don't ca- I don't care. I mean, there's really no reason. Mm-hmm. But if you want to pay for it, <laughs> yeah, <right>. go ahead. <laughs> um, so she got her hair straightened. The woman, it was not chastity, <laughs> cut it. Um, quite a bit, which it it needed, but it should have been done by the right person. Um, and probably for two weeks, um, Nadia's grandma was like, it's too short. I don't like it. Um, you know, once I did wash it and then the curls kind of brought it up again, like even more, you know, we always have this conversation about, well, she needs to get her hair done for Christmas and she needs to get her hair done for um Picture day. And, and she by needs done, to they get mean her straight? Hair. Yeah. By done. Yes. Yep, that's how I say. Yes. So um, I, I'm not great with hair, but I can do it, and I can make it look nice. So I was like, well, I, you know, I can do it. <laughs> we don't have to always get a blowout. It doesn't always have to be straight. And then specifically this last time, it got cut, and it was like just a bigger deal. Um, so what I have really struggled with until recently, because I think Nadia, my daughter, is in a really good place with it, but – you know, anytime we'd come go over to the house or she'd go over to their house and her hair was fuzzy or everywhere or um, good example, I was in Florida. The humidity. With, yeah, the humidity is horrible, but she wanted to wear her hair out. And I said, all right, good luck. You can wear it out. <laughs> um, you know, sending pictures back to family. And she's like, well, what's wrong with Nadia's hair? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's cute. It's puffy, but it's curly. It's cute. Well, it's all over the place. Like, you know, it's like and Nadia hears that. And so I'm really like, you need to love your hair and mm-hmm. love what you have. Yeah, maybe it's a little short right now. Big deal. It'll grow. Um, yes, does it look really nice when it's straight? Sure. But you don't need to do that. And actually, we've had a conversation because some of her, her hair is actually not as curly as it was. And I don't know if that's just like changing over time. But I'm like, you're done getting straight. a blowout. It's done. <laughs> um, but that's hard, especially someone who's, pretty influential in my daughter's life because she spent a lot of time with her, you know, to hear her say, well, your hair's not done unless it's straight Mm -hmm. or it's not done unless, you know, your edges are down and there's no fuzz, there's no frizz. So we need to get like the old school people on board and letting them know know. that, you know, times are changing and, um, you know, we can have a done, curly, natural look. So any 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 grandparents out there? (laughs) It's definitely um, a stigma for like that older black crowd. Is like the only thing acceptable is having straight hair. Yeah. So and I'll be quick, but that happened to me when I was younger. When my mom didn't know what to do with my hair, our neighbor was black. She was an older black woman. My mom said, "Please, I don't know what to do with her hair." So I had relaxers for fifteen years, every six weeks. Every six weeks? Every yeah. six to eight oh, weeks. Man. Yes. Until I was, until I had Nadia because I stopped getting relaxers when I was pregnant. And then from there, I just stopped. And I was 20. Wow. So, yeah. 
Oh. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the world we live in. I know. Right. Did you have anything to add to to that? No. Well, I won't keep you ladies any longer. Um, I really appreciate you um, opening up and, you know, sharing your experiences. Um, trust me, there is someone that is listening that is sitting in the same position that you are, um, whether it's a mom, whether it's a daughter or daughters who are moms, you know, and, you know, are looking for a way to kind of um, bridge that gap and kind of actually close the gap between, you know, the stigma of um, how you should fit into a certain box or, you know, who you um, need to identify with based on what your parents look like or what your skin look like, what your what your hair looks like. So um, thank you so much. And I will definitely um, be tuned in to follow up and see what these uh, little ones grow up to, <laughs> to say. Uh, we'll see what their experiences are. So thanks again.